Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Michael with the Reason RX podcast here again. Talking about engineering with the... Veteran engineer, Hannes Hacker. Hannes Hacker, sorry. I need more food. Otherwise, I would have pronounced it right the first time. Sorry, Hannes. Could you introduce yourself no problem. and say hi again? Uh, hello. Uh, my name's uh, Hannes Hacker. Um, as I said last time, I have just over 30 years of experience as an aerospace engineer, uh, mainly in satellite engineering and operations. Um Leave it at that, or do you want me to that's, go into that's more good. detail they can, like they, last time? They can look in the show notes. I'll put the bio and stuff in the show yeah, notes again. there you go. And they can look at last time. Okay. Listen. Um, and then, so we're talking about engineering. Um, let's review that a little bit, <clears throat> and then start getting into some other questions and discussion. Um, so what's engineering again? How would you describe it? Um, basically being a maker or being an inventor. Mm-hmm. Um, taking, um, starting with a knowledge of science, of how nature works, taking the raw uh, materials of nature, and then turning it into some kind of good or product to benefit uh, people. Um, And that is a very diverse set of things. It could be a mechanical machine. It could be a very complex machine or system like an airplane. Uh, It can be a system of systems. If you can imagine having a satellite network, we have different satellites that are talking to each other, to the ground, various ground stations, control centers, all of this is a big uh, integrated system of systems. A satellite alone is its own very complex um, uh, machine and a control center and radio antennas on the satellites, on the ground, um, Hmm. I haven't thought about that. I haven't thought about it like that before, but of course I'm not an engineer. So I'm in education, but interesting. Yeah. So you could, um, it took some scientific discoveries to learn about Mm -hmm. chemistry, metals, um, rockets. And then once we did that, we could engineer rockets into space then you can engineer a satellite engineer the software in it but then you can engineer how the satellites communicate with each other and then get some science and engineer a cell phone instead of just being some scientific investigation scientific experiment we can actually engineer a cell phone that works in that system and then you engineer 
the whole system. The satellites communicating yeah. with each other, the phone communicating with the tower, communicating with the satellite, and transitioning from one to another. And so it took engineering to make the transition between like Wi-Fi and cellular network more smooth and efficient. I hadn't thought of that before. Um, so that's what's going on? Yes. Huh, cool. Okay. In a nutshell. And then... Um, yeah, one thing I read about recently, too, was interesting. An example that occurred to me was engineering. If we hadn't discussed it, I wouldn't have thought of it like this, but read an article about um, <clears throat> some people wanting to identify bears, individual bears. So what they did, mm -hmm. instead of starting from scratch and trying to get everything to identify a bear, they looked at what's already been done, and they found there's something like an app that can facially identify dogs and so they got that and they just engineered it to work with the bear and that was like so cool yeah you know to help yes. scientific yes. study as well so that would be engineering getting that one thing as you say modifying it for bears instead sure cool that happens a lot yeah. It makes the task a lot easier if you find something like that and say, oh, I'm just going to modify this for my purpose. Um, from an engineering standpoint, that's easy now. Once you get into the business standpoint and intellectual property, that's where hmm. I don't have the expertise, huh. right? I mean, there could, be an issue, there could be an issue where if you're taking somebody else's invention and just, you know, where is legally the point where you've modified it enough that it's now a, it, it's, 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 and I don't even know the legal term for it. Right. Um, and that's why a lot of times, you know, you, you know, it also tends to be, you have an engineering department, but you've got to have the various other departments like a legal department to figure out various things. Hmm. Like what I just mentioned. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Interesting. Yeah. 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 When is it a so, like patent or whatever violation? When is it not? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's a common path. You know, it's like when I was in school, for example, <clears throat> we're kind of segued off here, but um, a very common combination for an undergraduate degree before getting a law degree is to study engineering as an undergraduate and then get a law degree. And then that, hmm. those those people tend to become patent attorneys. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Because... In, and they could be very specialized. I mean, you could have an electrical engineering degree, for example, and then just uh, just do patent law regarding, say, electronic devices or things like that. Hmm. Um, now, like medicine or law, engineering is also a field that can get very specialized. Yeah. Have you thought much about how we develop the concept of engineering, what's the logical hierarchy from the evidence of the senses? Mm, that's a good question. I haven't really thought around that, uh, yeah. about that much. Um, so we, um, won't, <laughs> we won't dig into it here then, and, but clearly, but as it, you, you know, what? At, at, at some point, I think, um, yeah, that's a good question. That, that's more of a history history question at what point did uh the amount of inventions that we humans have become so diverse and so 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 um so numerous 
you know, you actually, you know, you, you transitioned away from like the ancient Greeks or in the Renaissance, you had uh, people who were both scientists and engineers mm-hmm. um, to then having people who just do the engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll take the they'll they'll take the scientific uh, principles that are that are that are taught to them and then use them to to invent things. Um, I hadn't thought that thought, thought about that that much. I mean, today we're already there. I mean, we've got some mm-hmm. specialties. You know, even you know, it's like medicine or, or other laws. Um, you, you get very narrow little specialties, and then you get somebody who becomes a, an expert in that specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that happens long enough, you know, you can. You know, I will confess. You know, it's like when it comes to controlling the attitude of a satellite or, or knowing its orbit or things like that, I know quite a bit, but were you, if you were to then turn around and tell me to design an antenna, I, you know, I, w- I wouldn't know the first thing. I would have to go back to, to, to a square one. And, I know and, someone you could talk to about it. that. <laughs> talk to Hans. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> Exactly, and you'll see that if you if you look at job openings, you know you you you, you tend to do your um, if you're job searching as an engineer, you tend to do your um, uh, uh, keyword search, right? And, and you'll see, okay, we need an antenna design engineer. Like, okay, well, that's somebody who very likely has either a physics degree like Hans does, or an electrical engineering degree, um, and. And of course, they've actually, you know, you come out of engineering school and then essentially your first couple of years, you're essentially, for the most part, you're an apprentice of a sort, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, my undergraduate degree in aerospace engineering had a lot of diverse uh, uh, subject matter like aerodynamics, aerostructures, flight dynamics of aircraft and spacecraft and um but if I were to try to say uh, I want to become some kind of an airspace air, air structural engineer, just designing the air, actual structures of an airplane, that would be like me being right out of college then. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes so. sense. But just so folks know really quickly, we are not talking about Hans of Iceland in the Victor Hugo story. We are talking about Hans Schantz, who's been a prior guest on this podcast and who I'll talk to again in the future, but, um, they can look him up there, but, um, so yeah, so it's interesting. Like each type or branch of engineering is very tied to the science it builds on, depends on very rigorous hierarchy there. But in general, the concept of engineering depends on the concept of science without that it wouldn't exist. Yeah, and, and both engineering and science would not exist without uh, epistemology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, logic. And, and, and metaphysics. And logic, yeah. yes. Um, um, That's one thing missing in modern education. People think they take a physics course or know what physics is like, or I deal with that with some people. They think they have a PhD in some science, and so they know what science is, and it's like, no. That's like studying a dog being good at dogs and then claiming you know what mammals are um but the fact that they say that shows they're missing 
logic. It's a simple issue of classification there. Knowing science is different than knowing your own field. Um, right. And, right. And there's and the issue of correct. Me if I'm wrong. What when did you learn? Of, How did I you learn? Of, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. When what? I think of science, I think of it as a method of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Not a conclusion. Yeah. You know, right. Um, uh, it's very interesting to, uh, to study, for example, Newton's laws, Newton's laws of gravitation. Right. There was that 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 step. You know, scientists around Isaac Newton's time knew. By this time, they 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 understood that uh, the, uh, the Earth was orbiting the Sun, the Sun's orbit, the Moon is orbiting the Earth, mm-hmm. and, and and things like that. But they didn't know why. Yeah. They just know that the, these these all these planets and moons and asteroids all tend to orbit each, mostly the Sun. Okay, I mean, technically the Moon is also in orbit around the Sun, but they didn't know <laughs> why. And what there's a story that Isaac Newton was sitting under a tree and he watched an apple fall from the tree to the ground. And he asked himself, could the same force that causes an apple to fall to the ground be the same thing that causes planets to orbit the sun, for example? Is Is that same force what's binding the planets to the sun? And of course it is. And then he he he, uh, he did you know then well he that was a hypothesis hypothesis and then he tested it and 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 and, and it turns out that that explanation worked. It was it it, it was the explanation of why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and to me when I think of science, it's science is is the 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 field of trying to understand why. Mm-hmm. Not the rote knowledge of what that is known up to that point. Yeah. So. Agreed. So I'd say with a more advanced definition of science, not the stuff you generally hear in the culture that's too influenced by Plato um, or the nonsense of Thomas Kuhn or some of these others. um, Science I would say, is the inductive, integrated understanding of the nature of things and their cause-effect relationships. Um, okay. That's how I define it. Properly speaking, understanding includes induction and integration, but since it's not generally known, I say those things as well. But um, in reading some philosophy, um, the best logical breakdown of understanding that I've read is it involves three things. Knowing the essence of something. Reducing the concept to the evidence of the senses. And integrating that concept with other causally relevant things. Essence, reduction, like the opposite of induction, and integration, connection. Um, That's the three requirements for having understanding. And then, of course, with changes in connections and integration, there can be more or less um, understanding. But um, induction is essential to it. Um, Then, yeah, it's interesting bringing up Newton like that, that 
brought to mind another example of engineering. Newton, great scientist, but it took William, no, John Harrison, the English clockmaker, um, to come up with a functional clock that could allow people to measure um, longitude. There's that great book by Davis Sabell, I think her name is, um, about mm -hmm. that. Have you read that? I've, I've, not, I've not. Heard about it, though? Yeah, they needed a clock that, um, you had fairly accurate clocks, but it wouldn't work on a ship. Yeah. Right? A, a clock that uses a pendulum, you know, like a grandfather clock or something like that, is not going to work on the rolling deck of a ship. And they needed to know what time of day it was fairly accurately in order to compute their longitude. Latitude's easy. You just use a... Um, <laughs> uh, um, well, I mean, you just measure it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the device that they would use, but they would just shoot... They'd basically shoot a star, and they would measure the angle between the horizon and the star <laughs> or the North Star, and that gives you your latitude. Um, but longitude, you needed to know what time it is, and it, they didn't. So there was always some kind of guess, you know, and it wasn't very accurate then. You know, you, you might want to say, okay, well, we've been on a certain heading for a certain amount of time. So based on that, I, I'm making this up as I go along. I don't really <laughs> know what the, the actual method. I'm, 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 I'm thinking, well, if I didn't have a clock and I wanted to try to figure this out, this is how I might try first cut at it. Um, but then you have the problem of, yeah, you're at a certain heading, but you don't know what the currents are. Mm -hmm. right? you, you, if you're going against the current, it might be slowing down and you're under, you know, or it might be drifting you to one side or another. Uh, like I said, I, this is, this is just me kind of making this up as I go along. There might've been other smarter methods to do that before they had <laughs> the clock. <laughs> right. But yeah, actually I was reminded of the thing too, in teaching and, ACT class, maybe SAT, ACT class, there was actually mm -hmm. one of the readings we went over in class from an actual official ACT test was an excerpt from that book, Longitude. So it's like, whoa, cool. I've read this. Um, and they mentioned that, yeah, there was actually because of miscalculations, the way they did it before using the clock Harrison invented, um, the way they did it before, there are actually some like major disasters, um, shipwrecks, people dying from the miscalculations. Um, and then what Harrison had to do that not even Newton um, could figure out, because Newton wasn't a specialist in clocks, um, he got metals that expanded at different rates and offset each other. So um, the pendulum or whatever would maintain a constant length no matter what the temperature um, had to try to get rid of friction because they pointed out like in the article that reminded me from longitude there was the rolling of the ship changes in temperature changes in pressure different things like that that can affect the timekeeping device um, okay yes because you had ships that would go all the way up almost to the north and south pole or they would be in the tropics so they could they could be in freezing weather or they could be in tropical swelter yeah and the same clock had to work under both conditions. Yeah. I think she said 
too. It's interesting. Around the equator, um, I think if I remember right, maybe one degree of longitude was 68 miles. Um, I'd have to do the calculations in my head to see if that's right for the circumference of the Earth, but not going to do it right now. I'm hungry. My brain's not working too well. But one degree or something was 68 miles. And of course, as you go towards a pole on either side away from the equator, it decreases from 68 slowly slowly to zero. Um, so there's yep. that issue too. We've gone one degree, but how far is that? You know. Um, yes. So how far, how far how far that is in miles? Yeah. Throw another wrinkle in there. The Earth is not perfectly <laughs> round. Thank goodness the, the water is pretty flat, you know, around, like, circular, spherical. Relatively speaking. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's... But... I took a, and this is, this is an example of how computers have improved since I was at UT, but there is an entire graduate level class on basically the Earth's gravitational model. Because hmm. it's not uniform. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. in, in an undergraduate or high school physics class, they will teach you that, okay, well, we're going to model the Earth as a point. And what's the gravitational pull of the Earth going to be as you go away from it? And what distance in the inverse squared law? Well, it gets a lot more <laughs> than that. And, you know, you have to take into account, I mean, when you're getting in, when you want to really, really have some incredibly accurate spacecraft navigation, Oh, uh, God, you're talking about you, you're accounting for the fact that the gravitational pull over, say, um, the uh, the Himalayas is different than it is over the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And weirdly enough, there's less gravitational pull over the Himalayas. Hmm. You'd think they're closer, but they're granite, which is less dense than the basalt at the bottom of the Pacific. Huh. Interesting. Um, so I, I actually took a seminar once on a, a, a project where they had a satellite. It was just covered with corner cube reflectors and they shined lasers at it from the ground. And they needed to know the Earth's gravitational model so accurately to figure out where and how fast this thing was traveling that at that time you needed a Cray supercomputer to crunch the numbers. Hmm. Wow. I could do the same gravity model with the laptop that's sitting next to me <laughs> on my desk <Wow>. today. <laughs> you know? and, and the purpose of this experiment wow. was is, is they took into account everything they possibly could to get the, the speed of the velocity of the satellite down as accurately as possible. And the stations where they shine the lasers at the satellite, they basically put in the, the concrete, they poured it all the way down to bedrock. And they had some small uh, velocity left over after it was a Doppler effect, you know, thing, anywhere from two to twelve millimeters a year. Hmm. That's continental drift. Hmm. Wow. They were physically measuring continental drift. I mean, that was just I, that, that floored me when I. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Yeah. People can do that. <laughs> um, and. The gravity thing reminds me of something I think we shared like on Facebook years and years, <laughs> decades ago. I think, I think you're aware of this. There's a, 
um, some military planes require such precise specifications that when they're being built, like let's say they're building a plane in England, it has to be floated in liquid on a special platform that's flat and they have to consider the gravitational force of the moon literally to make sure the specs are um they stay within specs because the gravitational effect of the moon can even affect how the plane's built that's amazing (laughs) i don't remember that but uh yeah i mean I'll have to try to dig that up and put it in the show notes somewhere. Um, but uh, typing it out, make sure I remember. But yeah, so <clears throat> yeah, and another thing, since we've been talking, showing that engineering depends on science hierarchically, you must have the concept of science before you can ever get the concept of engineering. Like, why else do new sciences come into play? Until we got electricity and then electron like electronics down, there could not be electronic engineering or we have biomedical engineering now only because we got the biomedical and that depended upon uniting biology and chemistry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but a lot of the a lot of the same thinking and methodology uh, are are shared. In science, hmm. you have a hypothesis. And then you make observations, either in the field or in a lab, and you try to determine whether or not those observations match your hypothesis. And if they don't, then you have to discard or maybe change the hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Engineering is a lot of the same thing. Okay, Okay, we've got an airplane design here. We're not going to just fly it. We're going to we're going to we're going to test it. And, and, and you don't just put the plane together and I'll say, okay, let's go fly it. I mean, you, 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 uh, you crawl, walk, run. You know, it's like, okay, well, let's just see if we can get this in the taxi down a runway before we even take off. You know, and you'll 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 notice things that oh, there there's something that we can improve in the design, mm-hmm. and you make the improvement. Now, hopefully, your your basic knowledge is 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 is, is such that you don't have to make major improvements. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they, it still happens. Um, you know, it's why it's well. It, that's why, um, for example, the Wright brothers and Bert Rutan were very similar <laughs> in that if they were ever like pressured to say, "When is your design going to be ready?" <laughs> they would never answer that question <laughs> yeah. other than when we decide it's ready. Yeah, it'll be ready when it's ready. It'll be ready when it's ready. It's, it's, it's like nature is nature does not conform itself to your schedule. Or like Gandalf, I'm never late. <laughs> A wizard is never late. The proper ah. time to arrive is when the wizard arrives. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. But, yeah. There is a, something we went over last time. If you remember, I talked uh, about uh, failing to consider failure, mm-hmm. including human error. Just this Monday, 
European company was launching a rocket. This rocket's called the Vega. It got to the fourth stage, and then they lost the satellite payloads. Hmm. Um, it was a Spanish and an Italian satellite uh, that were sharing the ride, and they lost them both. And they've now figured out why. In the fourth stage, any rocket has what's called a, a thrust vector control. Mm-hmm. The nozzles don't just sit there. They have to they have to be able to gimbal around to keep the rocket on course. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and basically, there are a couple of cables that were connected to the, 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 the nozzle of this fourth stage that were connected reversed. Huh. So the flight computer would tell, you know, by whatever technician put this thing together probably months ago or weeks ago. Um, and so the uh, flight computer would tell the, the, the thruster to gimbal in one direction and it would gimbal in the exact opposite direction. Whoa. So, right, so the engineer in me is asking, why was that possible to even get them reversed in the first place? Yeah. At at the very least, you should have two different colors. Hmm. You know, in a big, in in the part of the instruction manual, make sure the red goes into the red and the blue goes into the blue. Hmm. Hmm. Or you could even have different shapes of connectors so that is actually physically impossible to get the two of them reversed. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, don't, don't, you know, usually it's good to have at least, especially in what's called a engineering psychology or human factors engineering to have multiple different methods for, um, uh, for somebody to tell what a control does. For example, uh, here's a funny story I read some years ago. If you remember Three Mile Island, mm-hmm. um, it's a long, ugly story about how the nuclear power industry was just so overregulated by the government. And, but um, their control centers very often had some of the poorest human factors design you could possibly imagine. Um, and in one case, there were two controls that were basically a, a lever. And they did opposite things. I think one of them pulled out control rods. The other one put them back into the reactor. Bottom line, that is, if you pick the wrong one, you could have a catastrophic failure. Hmm. Wow. And they looked and felt identical to each other. Genius. I'm sure there was a, there was a label, but it was it was just two levers. Mm-hmm. One of the technicians <clears throat> that okay, he'd noticed he probably worked in a bar. If you've ever been to a bar and you, you notice that all the beer taps have different shapes. <laughs> yeah. That's on purpose. Hmm. That is so that a bartender can just tell what he's pouring by feel and poor lighting conditions. Hmm. That's the round one. That's the one I want. That's the square one. That's the flat one. Hmm. Hmm. And so they put handles from beer taps on these two levers at Three Mile Island. 
they just they thought for themselves and they said you know if we ever have to make this decision you know it's we're going to make sure that we're well trained it's like you know the, the round one is this one the square one is that one huh, interesting. pull them out or, or you know um Um, again, it's a very simple little thing, but I, I would I would say that that falls into the category of engineering, right? Hmm. Yeah. Then for the satellite thing too, Italian Spanish satellite, it's like, why don't they have backup systems? Why don't they have a double check? Why isn't someone else like verifying the work? Check, double check, triple check. Um, that's bizarre. Uh, it's not the first time I've heard of it happening. Hmm. Um, as Santiana or whoever and some other people have said, um, you know, those don't who learn those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. They're doomed to repeat it. Yep. <laughs> but of course, some people learn it and still repeat it. <laughs> Unfortunately, but. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, and that has a lot of implications that we talked about today. Engineering, um, engineering education, doing engineering, getting the concept to have a good educational system to get ready to be an engineer. Um, you got to have that scientific foundation laid in. And then, of course, with engineering, we got to bring in the human factor and human needs takes a little more awareness of human values human life to know what matters what we need but well I think you got some things to do I need to eat dinner before I do an hour and a half long SAT class <laughs> so any last words for, for this Episode, Thomas. Uh, no, I've got a few things I need to do as well. Cool, but yeah, I still got a lot more like to talk about good and bad engineering, um, education and engineering. But um, this is a good step towards that important idea, where the concept of engineering comes from. But cool. Yeah, and okay, I'll try to get some more thoughts to like education and engineering education. Cool. Um. And we could focus more on that next time. Cool. Awesome. So okay. thanks. Appreciate it. Good discussion. No problem. Okay. You have a good day. Yep. Okay. You too. Thanks.